friends. Welcome to the In the Whisper podcast. I'm your host, Nita Wilkinson. We all know that life is just plain hard sometimes. Join me each week as I talk to a girlfriend about their journey of overcoming and how it always leads back to Jesus. Today we welcome Leslie Kahnhauser in. She's going to talk about some postpartum depression that she has. She has two littles at home. She doesn't have a toddler and a baby. She has two babies. So she is facing all of the things that go with that right now. And she's also going to talk to us about how she deals with that. And that is something you may do and not even know it's a thing. And that's breath prayers. She talks about how time is passing and what that means to her. Welcome, Leslie. I am so glad you are here today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Well, tell me a little bit about your ministry. What made you want to get started with it? Where, where did your passion come from for this? Mm, that's a good question. It's been a little bit of a journey. So my ministry is called Mothering by Faith, and the idea is that I am inspiring weary mamas like myself to rekindle the flame of faith right in the thick of it. I think it was born in the middle of my second pregnancy. I got pregnant with my son when my daughter was just five months old. So do the math, they're 14 <laughs> months apart. <laughs> um, in the thick of it just really described me and I found myself really frustrated because it seemed like a lot of the spiritual advice out there seemed to assume that we started becoming moms when kids were like three. They're walking, they're potty trained, like they're talking. Yeah. And there didn't seem to be a lot of advice for spiritual depth in these early years. And then on the flip side, there was a lot of worldly advice that you need to prioritize yourself and you need to be selfish. And like all you need is sleep and some time away from your baby. And that's how you endure. And so I was frustrated because before having kids, I was very close with God. And I realized that parenting changed my life mm -hmm. and I hadn't been prepared to keep my walk with him close and I didn't hear anybody else talking about it in the specific stage I was in. I started writing in the voice of letters to my daughter of uh -huh. thoughts and musings about how to stay close to God right in the thick of real life and then it just evolved and I'm no longer writing those publicly anyway. I, I do have my own letters to her that I write. I really wanted to capture what life was like in the thick of it Mm -hmm. and say, come on, Mama, we can do this together and really be deep and close with God at the same time. I think that's wonderful. And you're right, I never thought of it before, but everything you read is they're potty trained and they're moving around and they're talking and they can tell you what's going on. And it's those years when you're getting up in the night and you're exhausted and you have no idea what they're thinking that are the hardest. And there isn't a whole lot spiritually out there. What a great idea. And I'm sure... I am sure you touch many women. Do you do you have Bible studies that you do locally, or is it just your webpage? I have kind of a ragtag group of local moms that we just all get together randomly and do fun things together. COVID kind of threw a wrench in it, so we're yeah. starting to kind of come back around and get together again. So I don't have anything formal locally, but I definitely want to start continuing to reach out to our local community but primarily i have my blog which is mm -hmm. motheringbyfaith.com and i have my podcast yeah and that has been my little fun baby it's like you're in my living room and we're having coffee mm -hmm. and then we're just recording it so that it can encourage other people because i kept noticing i was having these conversations and we were digging out some of the really good facts of life and then 
you know, mom brain, we'd forget it (laughs) 15 minutes down the road. And so I love having them recorded and then being able to share the wisdom that we pull out with everybody. I love that. It's so authentic too, as you're working through that together. That's awesome. Yeah. Now you shared with me that you faced some postpartum depression after your little boy was born. Now you have a little girl who is just what nine months older you said no uh, 14 months <laughs> yeah there's four, 14 months difference right she was very she was still a baby baby when you got pregnant and oh, with yeah. your little boy yeah. you had postpartum depression so talk a little bit about that and how you overcame that yeah it's a good question yeah it surprised me so i'm a licensed therapist also in real life and after i had my daughter i was fine and life was good and it was hard but it was good and when I had my son it was a myriad of events my hormones were wacky probably because I had just had a baby 14 (laughs) months prior to that yeah (laughs) and then my husband was finishing up his master's degree we were in the middle of COVID we didn't have any money and so it really just felt like there was no margin and I truly just woke up every day feeling like there was a cloud over me I wasn't sure how I was going to make it through I wasn't sure how I was going to show up for my budding toddler Mm -hmm. and my you know not sleeping baby and I just felt powerless against this like doom and gloom that I had and it was so challenging for me because I am I'm extroverted. I am generally a pretty bubbly personality. So it was very different. I, I kind of um, adopted this phrase that I was feeling really prickly. <laughs> it's always felt prickly. It's funny because I think there were a couple things that really helped me lean in and overcome it. And one of the things was to just get honest about it and mm-hmm. to talk about it. And I think in the Christian circles, a lot of times, because we do live in this already not yet kingdom, right? Where mm-hmm. it, Jesus has died and risen from the dead, but then also we are still waiting on his return. So I think a lot of times Christians take that it is finished concept and say, well, you're it, you're with Christ. So things are good. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many times. And we sort of want to skirt around the hard feelings and mm-hmm. the hard emotions. And for me, it was really important to be able to say like, I- I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling good. I'm frustrated all the time. And just to be honest about that and have some safe spaces to share that was so important. And then I think the grace of it on the other side was that I found myself at the true end of my rope. Mm-hmm. Like I could not pull myself up by my bootstraps and, you know, muscle my way into faith anymore. It was really amazing to see how God met me in that space and how I found his abundance at the end of my rope. Like I had never been there to where mm-hmm. my strength was actually failing. Yeah. I think that's the large scheme of how I overcame. There's obviously little things that I did here and there to to continue overcoming, but the, the large scheme was get honest about it and then realize that God's there sustaining you when you don't feel like you have the strength to move forward. Sometimes it is hard because you have these two babies and people are like, oh, you're so blessed you have these babies, and you are, right. and you probably feel that way. But mm-hmm. also there is this darkness inside of you right now, and how do you say to them, I love these babies, but man, I am not 
thriving right now. I don't feel mm-hmm. right. I I love that you were honest about it and were able to do that with your family and the people around you because they can be your support system. Did you go to a doctor or did you need to do that about the postpartum? I, yeah, I did not. Mm-hmm. I thought about seeking out some therapy several Mm -hmm. times. And the thing about postpartum that's really a little bit elusive is, and this is not something I understood about it, is that it sort of comes in waves. And so I would start to feel like I was getting to a good place and then something would hit and then I'd be like, okay, I probably need to go get some help. And I'd wrestle through that for a little bit. And it's hard when you have two young children under two years old to figure out appointments and scheduling. By the time I got to that place, I was feeling better again. Mm -hmm. And I think it had a lot to do with a lot of things about postpartum is like, you're always carrying around a heavy backpack. And so it's like, just when one brick gets loaded on one more brick, you start to feel like, oh, I can't take this anymore. Like a baby changes a season or, you know, your toddler decides she's not eating anymore. Like any those weird ebbs and flows of kids is mm-hmm. what causes it to come and go because you start to feel confident and then they change something on you. So <laughs> no, I did not uh, go see a doctor or a therapist, but I did have a lot of support and had it gotten to a point where I felt like I was maybe unsafe or my children mm-hmm. were unsafe, I definitely would have. But yeah. fortunately, it didn't get to that point for me. Well, and the fact that you were honest maybe cut that off, that you didn't need it, mm-hmm. because a lot of women hold that in. That's one of the things I love about your story is you were honest, and I want other women to hear that. It's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay to tell people mm-hmm. something isn't right. And if you have to go to a doctor or a therapist, yeah. that's okay, too, because it hits people Absolutely. at in different ways. When I had all three of my kids, I had what I would call the baby blues. I would not even associate it with postpartum because it wasn't anything like that. But I would just cry for no reason. And as I didn't understand it because I'm not a big crier and I'm holding this baby. And the first time with my oldest, everybody came to the house the same day, like all the sides mm-hmm. of the family. And there's all these people in there passing my baby around. And I'm just sitting there crying and not understanding why, because I love everyone in this room. But they're just right. like holding up three minutes. Okay, it's my turn. And I was just like crying. I had to leave the room. And my mom came back and she said, this is normal. Do you have a baby? Your hormones are all, they're all mixed up and it's normal. It's okay. If you want to stay back here, fine. I can handle out there. And and she did for about an hour. So I don't call that postpartum. You know, it happened for a few days. And actually, when I had my second and third child, I expected it. Okay, one of these days, I'm going to cry all day and then it'll be over, which (laughs) is really not a big deal, right? So I can't even imagine going through that and and wanting to be happy because you looked forward to this. And then there's all these jumble of emotions. Tell me about your spiritual life while you were going through your postpartum. Were you able to pray? You know, you're going through postpartum, you're exhausted because you have not one baby, but two babies. (laughs) You don't even have a toddler and a baby. You have two babies. Yes. (laughs) How did you connect with God at all? And I know it's different when our kids are young, but that's so important to you. How did you, how did you manage that? Yeah. I love that you asked that question because I'm probably a weirdo. Um, (laughs) So before Toby was born, so before my son was born, a few of us at church did this challenge of like just being disciplined and doing the things we wanted to do. So I had just sleep trained my daughter. She was finally sleeping through the night. And so we started waking up at 5 a.m. every day to make sure I could get time in the word, time to pray, you know, just get myself centered before Leona woke up. Then after Toby, obviously that slipped off just a little bit. I, um, I have a couple devotionals that I love. Sally Clarkson has one called Mom Heart Moments. 
that is so good for young moms. It's deep. You know, I, I don't love a lot of devotionals because sometimes they lack the depth that I crave, but this one is deep. It's short and it's my favorite month or two postpartum thing to use. Um, but then after that, I really did. I, I still, to this day, I wake up at five and make sure that I try to have that time with God. But the other thing that really helped me was breath prayer. And it was something that I sort of happened upon accidentally. It was in the middle of this crazy chaotic day. My daughter was screaming. My son wasn't sleeping. And I just like kind of escaped into my room for a minute and took a deep breath because I'm a therapist. And that's what you do when you're overwhelmed, when you're a therapist. I started reciting scripture to myself as I breathed. And it was one of those moments where I was like, I think this is a thing. I think that breath prayer is a thing that people do. <laughs> and I so then I looked it up that night after my husband got home. I got the kids to bed. And that ended up being a complete saving grace for me because it was something that I could access right in the middle of life. You know, right. when, in those moments when I felt like I was just going to scream or I just couldn't do it or how am I going to make it to nap time or Christian gets home from work. And I would just breathe and I would pray scripture and I would center myself over that. The other thing I did a lot was scripture memorization. So mm-hmm. I have note cards still. I'd love to read the scripture that I think saved my spiritual life in parenting. Yeah. It's Second Corinthians chapter 9, verses 8 through 11. And I'll just read pieces of it. But he said, and God, is, this is Paul, obviously, and God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that because you have enough of everything in every way at all times, you will overflow in every good work. And then a little bit later, he says, now God who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your supply of seed and will cause the harvest of your righteousness to grow that first verse that because you have enough of everything in every way at all times, I just needed to be reminded of God's abundance. And I had that scripture memorized and I would say it to myself and I felt like I couldn't move forward. Everything in every way at all times. And then I love the promise in the bottom Mm -hmm. on those days where I did feel like I fell short or like I wasn't doing enough. It's that he's providing what I'm doing now, but he's also multiplying. He's going to take this little offering that I'm giving, even if I feel like it's not enough, and he's going to multiply it out into the lives of my children. Absolutely. I love that scripture. And what a a great thing to cling to when everything is not perfect, but you know that he keeps his promises and are able to, to cling to that. So I love that. I love that scripture, and I love how it helped you. Don't you love that? He's going to take her little offering and multiply it out to the lives of her children. I just think that's such a beautiful picture, and I'm so glad that she shared it with us. Gifts with Grace is a ministry for women who have faced trauma. They come to a Bible study, and they have a time of education, a time of creating, and most of all, they are just loved by volunteers that come to show them the love of Jesus, to show them that they are chosen, they are worthy, and they are redeemed. Because often when we face trauma, we can't even begin to find our roots for that. Now let's go back to Leslie and hear more about breath prayers as well as her landmarks that she uses to help get through the day. The breath prayer, which I have never heard of, but I do it. I mean, not like you Mm -hmm. did it, not so much, but when I'm 
when I can't get to sleep, I will breathe in and say, you know, I have a couple of favorite verses and I'll say a couple of words. And as I breathe out, I'll say a couple others and I'll just do that over and over until I go to sleep. So I did not know that was a thing, but it makes sense <laughs> now that I yeah, know that. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I had been following a couple of more contemplative authors and I just remembered seeing something about breath prayer somewhere. And so I actually created myself some prompts and I have them. I can send them to you and give them to a link to your listeners but yeah. I created some prompts so I could have them on my phone because a lot of times you're tempted to check out right you want right. to just like check out and disengage from your kids from your life because it's too hard that was a big symptom of postpartum for me was mm -hmm. I just needed to escape so I'd pull out my phone and I'd have one of those breath prayers as my lock screen and so instead of going to scroll Instagram I'd instead breathe and pray for a few minutes and then I could re-engage so yeah. it really helped to have those prompts already <laughs> in front of me so I didn't have to think of what scripture do I want to pray through right now <laughs> I think that's great and so you were talking about you know breath prayer is one of the things you do but whenever you have young kids and young kids can be as little as yours or even into the elementary age heck mm -hmm. let's face it even teenagers <laughs> you know it just feels like the world is chaos and I can't fix anything that's going on when they're little it's it's different but throughout throughout our kids lives so what do you recommend to women that are having one of those days how do you recommend that they find that center and get back to Jesus when everything around them is crazy and chaotic and it's hard to even think about God because you're being pulled into the world in so many ways yeah there's a couple things I did a whole Bible study in this time on spiritual endurance Ooh. and that's it really felt like you know there's a lot of older writers who are like if you haven't had this this and this happening you can't talk about endurance but I think we should start talking about it earlier because this is the first time I've ever needed to know that I'm in endurance training right. <laughs> which I hate to run so <laughs> <laughs> so I think that a couple things came out of that study the first thing in the middle of those hard days the first thing is finding some landmarks in your day. So mm. for me, if the whole day is stretched out before you and you have no idea what it's going to look like and, you know, it's 10 a.m. and your kids are already screaming and you're about to just go hide in your room with a piece of chocolate, <laughs> that is overwhelming. What I like to do is establish landmarks. So we have my kids wake up times, then I know we're going to have breakfast. And it's not a schedule. It's not something where you're putting pressure on yourself mm -hmm. to do things at a certain time. But it's you just know that and then for one kid's going to go down for a nap. When he wakes up, you're going to go to the park, you know, have some landmarks. For mm -hmm. me, my major ones, obviously, for young moms are nap times, meal times and bedtime. Those mm -hmm. are the things. And I know I don't have to make it to 8 p.m. I just got to make it to that next landmark. And I have to find something to do for that little chunk of time. And then I think in the grander scheme of things is the phrase that I always would tell myself in the middle of all this was time is passing. Time is passing. And that's a bittersweet reality mm -hmm. because I know everybody loves to tell young moms that cherish every moment because you're going to miss it. <laughs> There's some bitterness to that thought, but there's some sweetness to know that there is nothing that's going to make this day, the hardship of today, extend into eternity. Right. There's nothing that's going to make this season, you know, if your baby's in a sleep regression or if they're refusing food, if your toddler just learned the word no, <laughs> nothing is going to make that hardship extend into eternity. And so I love to lift my eyes from the fog of right now 
and see where have we come from already? Because even in the first few weeks, you can t- there's a difference in how your baby's doing. Right. And then into the future, I, I always love to remind myself, they will not be 16 and needing to be nursed to sleep. They will not be 16, right? Like, I know and that this truly is just they won't. a phase. <laughs> I, can, I can remember my aunt saying about her daughter, she's going to be wearing a diaper when she walks down the aisle. And it, that's just never going to happen. Yeah. But in that moment, and no. you've been trying for feel weeks, that way. it feels like, yeah, it's never going to yeah. happen. And we're yeah. just, she's just going to wear a diaper forever. <laughs> Yeah, so, so I think those two things, the, the reality of the landmarks in the day-to-day and then lifting your eyes out of the fog of right now to realize that this is not eternity, that there is some relief, whether it's today or at the end of this season, that time is always passing and we are going to make it. Mm-hmm. You will. And I love that you say that. And I, I remember being mired in just the day-to-day mom things and women would say, oh, cherish it. I don't want to cherish that my child screams for three hours every day from five until eight. I don't want to cherish that. I don't see how this is going to be good memories for us. I get it. You want to cherish the moments as you can, but not every moment is cherishable. And I think we forget that. It's like, oh, they're just so precious and so wonderful. They are, but they still wreak havoc sometimes, (laughs) unknowingly and and not on purpose. Exactly. I think the thing that I had to realize about that, though, because it's easy as a young mom to get resentful of those comments, but I think they're meant in love. Mm -hmm, Um, They are. I'm actually brewing on a blog post about this, and the title is something like, why it's okay for them to tell you to cherish every moment, and why it's okay that you don't. Um, Because that has that comment has more to do with that person's grief and they're mm-hmm. you know moving on from that stage than it does about you and that's something that i had to realize that people aren't saying those comments to you know shame you into right yeah cherishing your baby screaming from all through you cooking dinner or whatever <laughs> but it has everything to do with them missing their babies being young and just like our brains not hardwired to hold on to every moment when we're beyond this stage we're gonna miss it we're gonna miss their chubby little faces and their giggles and things like that but we're not i'm not gonna miss the screaming nights (laughs) (laughs) and i would venture to say most people don't right (laughs) and and you're right i do get it i do think it's meant in love so i absolutely understand that i ask my guests two questions at the end of our time together and the first one is what is bringing you joy right now hmm this is silly and small, but I found dairy-free ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> that is not silly or small. <laughs> and it is, the, it is the middle of June in Florida right now, and oh. so I am all about having some cold something. Yeah. And I've not been doing dairy since I've been breastfeeding, and so, yes, the, the so delicious dairy-free ice cream sandwiches are bringing me lots and lots of joy. That's awesome. The second one is, what are you reading right now? Okay, so I'm reading a couple things. First, fiction-wise, I'm on a Wendell Berry kick. So I'm reading Hannah Coulter and all of his stories about Port William. I love it. I just finished Sarah Clarkson's This Beautiful Truth, which is a phenomenal look at the theology of darkness and beauty and how those things work together. And it's her story of battling mental illness. Um, She had OCD. And so just really good book. 
And then I'm also reading a book called Character Matters. I'm a bit of an avid reader, so <laughs> I done. I, me too. I always have three books going on too. I've always got like a some kind of book that I, I want to read that's fiction and or nonfiction. Then I have a fiction that I read at night, and then I'm always reading something you know that's biblical. You know, whether it's right. a Bible yep. study or yep. you know Lisa Turkhurst or whatever it is. So. Well, I appreciate you coming on and spending time with us and just talking about young moms because it is a hard job to raise those little ones to grow up, to be grown-up adults that can further God's kingdom. It's important work, and we need more people like you that are encouraging young moms when they need encouragement. So thank you for, for being on my podcast and for your ministry as well. Absolutely, and I just encourage everybody to just be honest. All that I do is share what's going on in my real life. And so the best thing to do is look at the mom at the park or your friend at church and share what's going on. And that's the way that we can break the mold of every phase of life, not being honest about where we're at. And we can right. really move through the hard seasons that way. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I am in awe of Leslie's ability to keep her faith and her relationship with Jesus. It can't be easy when you have two babies at home, and yet she continues to move forward using breath prayers and landmarks and being honest with the people around her. I think that's something that we can all learn whatever phase of life we're in. Those things can help us. Breath prayers and having landmarks to get through our day and just being honest with the people that are closest to us. Next week, I'm going to welcome Erin Nestico and she is going to share her story of abuse how she got away from that abuse, why she got away from that abuse, and the ministry that she has now to help other women in a situation similar to hers. Until then, thank you for spending a little bit of your day with me at the In The Whisper podcast.